Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. The Law Enforcement Today Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Many are using the term epidemic to describe the current problem of drug and or alcohol abuse in the United States. Virtually everyone we know has been negatively impacted by this problem. Yet for so many that are experiencing the devastating effects of drug and or alcohol abuse, they don't know who to turn to for help. Who can we trust to care for our loved ones? Transformations Treatment Center is one of the most respected, ethical, and professional drug and alcohol treatment centers in the world with a strong focus on individualized care, offering a wide range of holistic, specialized, and medically supervised treatment programs. We know that many of you have questions. Take the time to call Transformations Treatment Center for the answers. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Or go online to transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from Las Vegas, Nevada. We have retired Police Lieutenant Randy Sutton on the phone. Randy, thanks so much for joining us on Law Enforcement Today's show. Very much appreciated. It is a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you, and you're like a celebrity in the law enforcement world. <laughs> well, that's, that's, a, that's very kind of you, but maybe that's because I've been around it so long. One of the reasons why I started the, the Law Enforcement Today's show, when I retired from police work, I got hurt and retired young. And I started thinking, what do I do the rest of my life? And I started pursuing a career in radio. And and one of the things that I want to do is, you and I both know, the news media has done a horrible job for decades telling our stories. And it's become so biased now in their reporting that it doesn't even remotely resemble the truth. So the Law Enforcement Today show tells the story of law enforcement officers and their perspective, crime victims, and, and provides a platform for people to, to to get the real story out there. So I'm really glad you volunteered to do this with us. Oh, absolutely. You couldn't be you couldn't be more right on. The perspective has been so skewed and uh, of course it, it became exacerbated during the, you know, the, the from from the Ferguson events on. I mean, that was like a watershed moment for law enforcement where the media just uh, you know, turned on law enforcement in a way that I never thought possible. And, it, and it's really continued. It has been. And I'll be honest with you, Randy, I don't know when you started your career. I started in 1980. And there was some of that going on to some degree back then, but never like it has been now where they're actually pushing false narratives. And they're really doing it in the headlines. And it's very powerful. I mean, think think about the, the um, you know, the public, if they get a narrative and they, and they see it splashed over the headlines, they, you know, even though there is, you know, a growing distrust of the of the media, um, they still they see it in print, and it becomes their reality. So it's it's uh, it's very very um, <laughs> it's it's dis- when a, when a police officer reads those headlines himself, and they they see the way that 
the profession is being portrayed, that also brings forth a lot of issues concerning, you know, the, the morale of the agencies, the morale of the officers, the mental health of the officers. There's so much more to it than just simply a bad headline. You're absolutely right. And I've, I've, I've pointed this out to so many people over the past few years. They'll send me a story, a message with a, with a horrible headline. And I said, did you read the story? Because the last half of it totally exonerates the officer. They go, no, I didn't. No, of course, because they're they're going for the they're going for the clickbait, right? Which is, you know, and and so then, and then let's go beyond the regular media. Then you add social media into this into this mix, and it 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 takes on a life of its own. And there is such a strong social media anti law enforcement presence out there that it is it's very very powerful. But before we get wrapped up in details this conversation by the way you've had a great career we got so much to talk about his career in policing uh television show cops what he's doing now before we get into details of that i became aware of you primarily through a couple guests i've had a show a long time ago we had jenny hill former law enforcement mm-hmm. officer and uh retired corporal eddie richardson and a group that you're working with called the wounded blue tell us what that is and what you do yeah, I sure, I sure will. The Wounded Blue is the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. It's an organization that I founded and launched actually in, during police week of last year was when we went operational. And I'll give you a little background. Um, I, my, I started my career in 1976. You're an old uh, man. A, You're an old time. I'm, I'm an old guy. I am an old guy. <laughs> Kevin, yeah. Wait a minute. Randy, are you an old revolver cop like me? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Started the day with 38 revolvers, a balsa wood nightstick, and Mason only worked on policing his bystanders. It's all ever worked on. (laughs) That's exactly right. Exactly right. I I carried a revolver for the first almost uh, 10 years of my career. Yeah. That's uh, so from 76 to 86, I was a policeman in a small town in Princeton, New Jersey, with 30 cops. And quite honestly, I got bored. And, uh, and I went off in search of a little more excitement, and I joined the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department in 1986, and I spent 24 years retiring at the rank of lieutenant. As you you, you mentioned a, a minute ago, I've done a bunch, bunch of other things as well during my police career. I was on the show Cops a whole bunch of times, three different seasons, as a matter of fact. I've written four books. I've been in uh, some pretty good movies. I was in the movie Casino and Fool's Rush In and a few others. And uh, so I did, I did a, lot of, a, a lot of things. And so I was very visible in the law enforcement community. I, uh, I did a lot of training for, for officers. I, I put together a training course called Policing with Honor, Surviving Your Career Ethically as well as Physically and Mentally. And, uh, and I did that all over the country. So I, had a very, I was very visible in the law enforcement community. Well, I didn't intend to retire when I did, Jay. I, I suffered a stroke in my police car. Wow. And it was, uh, it was a life-changing experience. It ended my career, almost ended my life. And then something devastating happened. And that was my own department turned its back on me and refused to pay my medical bills, even though they knew they were legally obligated to. And I, they literally forced me to fight them for, for a year and a half they spent tens of thousands of dollars, taxpayers' money. Now, luckily, I had 24 years on the job so I could retire and feed myself. If I had had less than 10 years on the job, that would not have been the case. So 
I got a very bad taste in my mouth and about my own department, but I thought I was the Lone Ranger. Well, when I retired, I began a radio show called Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. Uh, I was doing a lot of commentating for Fox and, and other news sources are written, you know, written for every law enforcement publication. Well, as a result of that, my visibility in the law enforcement community, I kept on getting messages from cops from around the country with these horrendous, heartbreaking tales of what happened when they were, when they were severely injured or disabled. Randy, I got shot, and my, my chief never came to visit me in the hospital. They're not paying my medical bills. They didn't give me the right treatment. And not one or two, but hundreds. And I thought, oh, oh my God, there's got to be resources for these men and women. Yeah. And I realized after I did my research that there were, were none. And as a result of that, the Wounded Blue was born. And you guys have a website, correct? Uh, thewoundedblue.org. And uh, we also have a phenomenal documentary film called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed, and that's on Amazon, iTunes, Microsoft Store, and it is it is such a powerful film, and it will literally shock anybody who watches it. If you've missed past episodes of the Law Enforcement Today radio show, never fear. You can listen to them online as a podcast. Just go to our website, letradioshow.com, where you'll find all the podcast episodes and much more. That's letradioshow.com. We're talking with retired Lieutenant Randy Sutton. We've got so much to talk about. You don't want to miss it. This is the Law Enforcement Today show. Don't go anywhere. I promise you, we'll be right back. Epidemic, America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost, and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. Return conversation with retired police lieutenant Randy Sutton on the Law Enforcement Today show. Uh, Randy, first of all, I always say this, and I'm one of the worst offenders. I've got to get better at saying thank you for your service. And I've been told that much more often since I retired than I ever did on the job. But I found that from one first responder, from one law enforcement officer to another, I'm really lacking in saying that. So thank you for your service and police work. I did not know that you suffered a stroke and that ended your career. But I do know from my own experience uh, and from the countless experience of many, many other officers, many have been on the Law Enforcement Today show, that when they've been severely injured in the line of duty, that quite often they're not taking care of it. Quite often they're abandoned. 
that's exactly right. In fact, universally, every communication that I got with from an officer who had been injured or disabled, uh, the theme was very much the same with each of them. Randy, I feel abandoned. I feel alone. And, uh, well, the motto of our organization is never forgotten, never alone. And that's the most important aspect of what we do. We provide peer support for the men and women who have suffered significant injury, whether that injury is, is physical or emotional. Because we're losing cops at a, at a, at a startling rate, a, a heartbreaking rate to suicide. Right. And, and so this is the emotional health and the mental health of the American law enforcement officer is very much part of what we do. And it's very much needed. And I, I don't want to sound like a, a broken record, but I say this all the time. The issue with law enforcement suicide is not new. I mean, it was going on when you no, were rookies. You're, and, you're absolutely right. And we as a society have turned a blind eye to this issue for a very, very long time. And we cannot afford to do it anymore. And when I say we can't afford to do it anymore, look, in America, we're very lucky. Uh, there are very few countries in the world where you have a family emergency of any type where you can pick up the phone, dial 911, and a first responder is going to be there. And it's usually law enforcement first. So if we are losing these people, and we're losing the best of the best, and we're losing the ones who are the, the most experienced and well-trained, and quite honestly, getting recruiting problems, we're getting the second string, we're going to have more and more issues. I want the best to show up when I have a problem. Oh, you couldn't be more more correct. And in fact, I just got done doing an interview with the uh, the head of the Minneapolis Police uh, Federation, uh, Bob Kroll, who is um, uh, a thirty one year veteran. And we had this discussion because they just had a uh, a horrendous experience. the uh, The city of Minneapolis gave seven hundred and ninety five thousand dollars the family of a guy who shot two police officers in a wrongful death suit. They just settled it. And, and what, that, what that does to the morale and the, the emotional health of, of police agencies is really understated and, and misunderstood. Because when, when cops see that, it makes them feel like they are, that they are not valued. And so what does that do? That creates a, a lessening of the recruiting, a lessening of the retention. People are leaving the job, you know, instead of waiting for retirement, like, you know, you and I, you know, we're, we're always going for the gold ring of retirement. Instead now, um, you know, they're having, in fact, recruiting is down 66% nationwide. Mm-hmm. That's a frightening thought. It should be. It, people should be alarmed when they hear that. And quite frankly, when I started, and Randy, I'm sure it's the same with you. When I started, I was trained by a lot of combat Vietnam veterans. We also had commanders who were Korean War veterans. And these were men and women that have served our country, and they taught us how to do policing. And what we use the term now, community policing, was just standard back then. And if we're not getting these people, where do we rely on, what population do we rely on to fill the ranks? Well, unfortunately... Um you know, now we are we are seeing less dedicated officers. I mean, I, 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 we really shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't generalize as much. I mean, I, 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 I hate to do it because I'm, I'm like you. I love my, my law enforcement brothers and sisters. And for every 
bad apple out there, there's 300 who are great and do an outstanding oh, a- job. Absolutely. At least 300. And, and, you know, I had, and let's go back to our, when we first came on the job, I, I remember that uh, the, old, the, the old salts looked at me askance as I was of the new generation. And, uh, and, you know, so I think, I think there's somewhat, you know, in, in policing, uh, we're, we're a little judgmental of the new, new people coming on the job. But the reality is that, that if you give, you know, when I, when I came on the job initially in Princeton, there was one opening and, and almost a thousand people put in for that opening. Right. Now you're lucky to see, I mean, in Portland, just the other, uh, about two months ago, they're down like 400 people. Right. They had uh, seven qualified applicants take the, take the test. Seven. In my old department, from what I understand, they're about 500 short and we can't keep up. They lose more people every year to retirement or other agencies than they recruit. One of the things yeah, that exactly. I was taught early on, and I'm sure you heard this through your entire career, is that if something bad happens to you, we'll take care of you. And what I found yeah. out is what that means is if you're killed in the line of duty, your family will be taken care of. If you are injured and survive, brother, sister, you're on your own. That's one of the most heartbreaking statements that I hear frequently is, Randy, I wish I died that night. At least my family would be taken care of. I can't tell you how many officers have told me that. And that breaks my heart. That's true. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons why I created the Wounded Blue. Um, you know, we have, we have a peer team of all my cops on my peer team have been shot, stabbed, beaten, run over, screwed up, and screwed over. And when they, when they interact with other officers who've been injured or, or are facing the, the challenges, you know, emotionally, they connect with them because they have experienced these things. And the... Reality is that when, when, when cops feel alone and abandoned, that leads to hopelessness and helplessness. That's why it's so important that, that we, as a blue family, take that responsibility seriously and be there for each other. That's, that's the whole reason my organization exists. And your website is thewoundedblue.org, correct? That's it, thewoundedblue.org. You have a great movie documentary. What is that called? Oh, yeah. It's called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. And, in fact, we are just in the midst right now of filming a six-part series called Voices of the Blue, which will continue the stories of the, uh, the men and women who are disabled or severely injured in the line of duty. We're all over social media. Be sure to like and follow our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. We're on Twitter. Follow us at LET Radio Show Podcast. And on Instagram, look for LET Radio Show Podcast. Of course, don't forget our website, letradioshow.com. We are talking with retired Lieutenant Randy Sutton. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. When we return, we're going to talk about some of his police experience and some stories you probably are not aware of. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Finally, our heroes have access to a world-class program for PTSD, anxiety, depression, and more. The Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for substance abuse, addiction, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. 
Plus, they offer complete treatment for mental health issues for those without substance abuse problems. In addition to multiple rehabilitation and holistic treatments for all those suffering from substance abuse problems, the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformation Treatment Center is a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program where law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the separate and highly specialized treatment they need. Got questions? They have the answers at the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at helpforourheroes.com. Back to our conversation with Randy Sutton on the Law Enforcement Today show. Randy, thanks for joining us. You you did 10 years in Princeton, New Jersey, and then 24 right. years in Las Vegas Metro Police Department, correct? You got it. That's it. And retired to the rank of lieutenant. Again, thanks for your service. And I'm sure that, like me, people have a big misconception. When I say people, American citizens are so bombarded with a biased portrayal of policing from Hollywood. When I say Hollywood, the TV, the television shows, the movies, and the news media to some degree or another. A big example I come up with is how many television shows do you see where the cop lives in a million-dollar loft apartment? And I could never afford a place like that. I'm thinking, where do these guys work? Going back to your career, there's got to be something in that career that if you had a chance to tell America, this is the real deal, this is what it was really like for me and for other officers, what would that be? Well, you know, when police officer, doesn't matter what town they're in, whether it's a big community or a small community, they're going to experience violence, they're going to experience death, they're going to experience cruelty that most people simply cannot conceive of. And, you know, it just depends on the size of the agency or the urban environment with how quick it comes, you know, whether those calls are coming over and over again. One of the most significant acts that I that I did when I was a cop was after the World Trade Center was attacked. Um, I, I, was, I was so devastated by the, you know, number of deaths of law enforcement. It was the deadliest day in, in police history. And I got to thinking about just what you just what you just mentioned about how cops are misunderstood, and, they, and most people, and, and sometimes that's that's the fault of us. Uh, we don't show ourselves a lot. We're, we're we we tend to be very stoic. And so I asked, I wanted to do something for those families, and I asked cops around the country to send me a story of something that affected them in their career. And I got some amazing stories, and it was my first book, True Blue: Police Stories by Those Who Have Lived Them. And it was published by a major publisher, and I donated every penny of the royalties to the Widows and Orphans Fund for the cops who were killed in New York City. But those stories that were shared changed the perspective of the reader, because they got to see from the words of, the, of their own officers, those that, 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 that submitted stories, just what the real experiences of law enforcement are. And, and you know, listen... I don't know one cop that doesn't have a story that was life-changing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've had several. You know, I look back on my career, and I'm very legacy-oriented. You know, was I able to touch the lives of other people? And, and there is really no, no better career to do that in, in such a dramatic way than being a cop. That's, 
that's really what it's all about is is how did you live your life and how did you touch the lives of others and um, I just had uh, lunch the other day with a, a woman who is now 21 years old and uh, I saved her life when she was one month old and she was shot in the face during a drive-by shooting and I got to tell you those that type of experience when when you know you you see you see what you have been able to touch um, you know I see this she's a beautiful young woman who's touching the lives of others and and because of, of being in the right place at the right time and able to save her life history was changed and every cop every police officer has the ability to do that and will do that they will touch lives every single day that they're out there I think many of them forget that and lose uh, what's the word I'm looking for they'll lose a perspective of that what's it all for that I didn't I tried to save the world and I failed miserably. But the reality is when you save one life and they do something positive that affects two or three people, that's that's like a trickle or ripple effect. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and you but you're right, you know, we get caught up in the in the in the day-to-day work that we do. And sometimes we fail to understand the impact that we have on people's lives. And that impact can go either way. I mean, literally, we can have a incredibly positive effect on the lives of others and then there's also just the opposite and that's that was the reason that i i I created that presentation policing with honor to bring kind of um, an awareness to the the responsibilities that we have as a cop and also the uh, you know uh, the awareness of the power that we wield and, and, and making sure that we wield that power for the good. Quite a while ago, I was interviewed. Uh, we did a thing called Cops and Cabins, where we went to a bunch of police, retired, active, went to the mountains of Georgia. And one of the questions that was posed to us was, when you first were, were pinned on the, the real badge and the real uniform, what went through your mind? And my answer was, all the baltimore police that had been killed in line of duty or severely injured before me that i had an obligation to represent them the best of my ability and and to carry this code of honor and integrity with me all the time and i i remember that and i i be honest with you randy i was 21 years old and i i I thought i knew a lot but i knew nothing but i knew that little bit because integrity was always drilled in our heads you had to be honest and have integrity 24 7 365 I don't think that there is one aspect of law enforcement that is more important than integrity. It's one of the things that, you you know, nobody can take your integrity from you. You have to give it away. And while there are tremendous temptations in law enforcement, and there are, there are you know, I, I used to speak about a subject called noble cause corruption. And it's a topic that is rarely spoken about in law enforcement. And yet, it's so important because, you know, cops want to make a difference. They want to put the bad guys in jail. And sometimes they're fighting a criminal justice system that is very much against them. So there is a temptation to, you know, enhance, shall we say, um, some of the, you know, it may be probable cause, it may be, you know, adding uh, a phrase to a, to a report. Um, all because you want to put the bad guy in jail, and that's that can be very enticing, and yet it also affects your integrity and 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 
when you lose your credibility, when you lose your integrity, um, you're useless as a god. The other thing that happens too, Rand, is when that does occur, and I, I found this, I don't know if you've experienced this at all, but when uh, cops did something ridiculously stupid uh, or illegal in Los Angeles, we got treated differently in Baltimore as if somehow or another we were involved in it too. So if a cop has bad integrity in Las Vegas, it affects those in Philadelphia, New York, Baltimore, and Los Angeles. Have you experienced that as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you read a headline, and, and of course, the media is, is more than willing to put up anti-law enforcement headlines. <laughs> yeah. When you, read, when you read a headline like, uh, you know, that, that, that reveals a corruption in a police agency or, you know, a single police officer, no matter what town you're in, you're looking at your cops in your, and, and you can't help but think, well, I wonder if that's going on in my town, too. So when when people are judging law enforcement, they make they make judgments based on on what they read and what they see and what they hear. Look at the the uh, the way cops are portrayed in in many of the movies. I mean, literally, people see that on the screen, and that's where they form their impressions of cops. It's 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 mind boggling, but it's true. It's um, that's so actually true. one of the reasons why I agreed to do the show, cops. So that people can see what cops really do. If you haven't done so already, please download our app. It's 100% free. We got versions for your Android and iPhone devices, 100% free. You can download them today at our website, which is letradioshow.com. That's letradioshow.com. Be sure to get yours today. And on that note, we're going to take a short break. We're talking to retired police lieutenant Randy Sutton. Uh, he was on the television show Cops. He's written many books. He's been in several movies. And he's also got a great group called The Wounded Blue. This is the Law Enforcement Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We're all over social media. Be sure to like and follow our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. We're on Twitter. Follow us at LET Radio Show Podcast. And on Instagram, look for LET Radio Show Podcast. If you want to be a guest on a Law Enforcement Today show, just go to our website and contact me through there. Our website is letradioshow.com. That's letradioshow.com. This is Law Enforcement Today Show. I'm John J. Wiley, joined by Randy Sutton on the phone. Randy, retired police lieutenant from Las Vegas Metro Police Department, and uh, also been on television show Cops, been in multiple movies, written several books, and also involved with his work, The Wounded Blue, which we'll talk about in a few moments. Randy, during your career, uh, and I'm no expert, I try to watch a lot of these films, uh, especially like on History Channel or Investigation Discovery, and they'll talk about just for example, the transitions that have occurred in Las Vegas over the past. I'm sure when you were on a job, you experienced quite a transition. They, they didn't have the best reputation back in the 70s, but they've got a great reputation now. Well, you know, it's interesting. When I, uh, in, in, in the mid-80s, in 1986, uh, when I was making the decision to move on from my small department, I was having, I was at a meeting with, with uh, a bunch of, detectives and, and FBI people that from from the area in New Jersey where we policed. And um, 
we were talking about, I, I was saying I was looking for, for a, a, you know, to find a new home, you know, with a good agency. And at the end of the meeting, two FBI agents came up to me. And they said, look, if you're looking for a really good agency that uh, that is is got a lot of opportunity, go to Las Vegas Metro PD. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, you know, you, you usually didn't hear such glowing remarks about agencies, you know. And so I, I took them up on that, and I came out to Vegas, never been out here before. They tailored the test for out-of-towners, so, you know, I was, I was here for like nine days, went through everything. And I did my homework when I was here, because remember, I, I only had one move left in me, and that was it. So I did my research um, into the department, and I, I uh, you know, I, was, I, I would bring up the police department to citizens, when I was like in a coffee shop or I was interacting with somebody, I would, I would somehow steer the conversation to police. And I tell you, man, the respect level that Metro had, but inevitably it was always followed up by, but, but you don't mess with those guys. So it had a great reputation. And, and uh, when, I, when I came out here, I had, to, I had to start all over. I had to go back to the academy and, mm-hmm. um, and, and go through the training process again, which was humbling. I can tell you that after being a cop for 10 years. But I, I learned about the pride in this agency. And, uh, you know, when I, when I moved here, there was a population of about half a million. Uh, we're now at two and a half million. And so I did see some incredible growth and, and, uh, and transitions. And even today, there's uh, challenges exist. The agency is still, I believe, one of the best in the country. They got a great reputation. They really do. I, I, I mean, rock solid, dependable professional policing and you rarely hear anything about what i'm talking about is 60s and 70s with the whole chicago mob influence and corruption at the high levels not the street cops i'm talking about the upper levels well all that stuff has been gone from the conversation for uh, at least 25 30 years oh yeah well there was still there was still a mob influence here it was it was waning in fact it 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 was very less involved when i when i got here there was still some vestiges of the mob but it was not like you know the 60s and 70s where there was a, the stories but i mean i used to talk to a lot of the, the older cops here and i gotta tell you i was mesmerized by some of the stories uh that were you know that were uh they came from them i mean there was the way policing was done back then we can't even conceive it today no. but it was sure made for some stories we had some of those uh, stories as well and really the reality is what i did even in the early 80s and into the early 90s can't be done today in most departments and i'm not saying anything outrageous or crazy it's just it was a different world and uh, one of the things i did want to comment on is i just did an interview recently with uh george rodriguez the el conservador on klup san antonio texas and one of the questions he asked was that, should people fear the police? And my honest answer was, Randy, I'm sure you'll agree with me, is if you're in a criminal, you, even if you were a criminal, you had nothing to fear the police. Because 99% of the time, even with career criminals, it wasn't violent. However, if someone decided they wanted to assault or shoot or try to stab or harm a police uh, and do significant damage, they should very much be afraid. And everyone should understand that and be okay with that. Oh, you're absolutely right. In fact, I, I did an entire monologue on, on a show called uh, Bring Back the Fear. 
because when you see the, the debacle in New York that happened a few months ago. Where, the water dousing and all that? punks were, what's that? With the water dousing and the milk yeah. and all Oh, my goodness, yeah. Exactly. Well, they, well, you know, that mess revealed that they shouldn't be afraid of the police because the police weren't going to do anything to them. Well, you pour water on me, and I'm going to kick Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that's, that's the long and short of it. And people should understand that if you assault a police officer, you're going to get your kicked. Yeah. That's the way it is. You know, police have a right to defend themselves. They have a right to defend themselves physically. Now, what has happened, and this is very unfortunate, is that because of the, the times in which we are living, many police officers are scared to death to defend themselves. And we are seeing a, a, a huge increase in in the disrespect shown to law enforcement, which includes the assaults on law enforcement. So if you if you're not scared of the consequences or the ramifications of uh, of, of getting in a cop's face and, and assaulting them, well, you know what? We're doing something wrong. Absolutely, and I think that comes from the head down. From oh, absolutely. City Hall. Usually where it starts, to break it down, it's basic lessons in civics for people. We're talking about police departments. It's a branch of the executive branch of the government. So the mayor appoints a police chief, and he or she appoints their, their commanders, and they give the marching orders. It comes from City Hall down. So when City Hall says, hey, if someone swings at you, I don't want you reacting, that just sets officers up to get hurt. And some of these people get hurt for a lifetime. Oh, uh, sure. The stories are legion. Um, I mean, when you have a mayor like de Blasio, who, you know, has, has, been, has been counter to law enforcement for his entire term, creating an environment where the police officers are not safe. And, and those policies that they put into place have had a, a, a huge re, uh, um, um, reflection on... The, on the safety of those officers and on the policing in general in New York. And that trickles down to if your police officers on the street are less safe, I hate to break it to you, as a citizen of that neighborhood, you are far less, less safe. safe. Yeah, if, they're, if they have no qualms about shooting police, guess what they have no qualms about doing to you? Uh, absolutely. And, and actually, when you look at some of the radical groups out there, they understand that. And so they will target police because if cops can't protect themselves, that undermines the, the citizens' respect level for, for law enforcement. And, and, and they understand that if the cops can't protect themselves, they can't protect me. And that undermines law enforcement. It certainly does. And it makes our communities less safe. One of the things that is a, a prominent problem throughout the United States, go to letradioshow.com. You'll see articles left and right, people we've had on the show that uh, officers have been severely injured. I mean, life-altering injuries, blindness, missing limbs have been basically thrown away by their departments, their cities, their counties. And that's something your group, Wounded Blue, addresses. That is our, that is, uh, that is our mission. It, it, you know, it's, it's interesting because I even talk to police officers who, who've never experienced a, a serious injury or, or had someone that that they know. And so they fully believe that if they get hurt in the line of duty, their department's going to take care of them, their city's going to take care of them. Now, in certain areas, like if you're with NYPD, you're going to get taken care of. They have strong union, they have strong laws. 
But there's many agencies that will simply, they won't even give you the proper medical care. Yeah. I can't tell you the number of stories where, where a police officer could have been fixed, but because of the poor medical care or no medical care, they have been left to become disabled. I, I mean, it's that's why the creation of this organization was so important for the Wounded Blue. And and getting the message out is, is, is proving to be very, very challenging because many people simply, and citizens especially, they can't conceive that if a cop gets shot or run over or something, that their department's not going to pay their medical bills. And that's the so stark reality of what creating, we were facing. Yeah, creating this awareness is... is is proving to be very, very challenging, but that's part of our mission. Randy, thanks so much for being a guest on the show, and thanks for all you do. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. If you want to be a guest on a Law Enforcement Today show, just go to our website and contact me through there. Our website is letradioshow.com. That's letradioshow.com. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. I've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.